Hi, guys, and welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe a Girl. Now, life is busy. I feel like a lot of people I know are in this stage of life where they are still really hustling, trying to get to the next level, maybe starting a side hustle and or just doing a lot. And unfortunately, doing a lot can lead to something called burnout. I've experienced burnout in so many different areas of my life, personal, social, work, passion. Burnout is not exclusive to just work or anything. And I had this amazing conversation with the women from Females Who Side Hustle talking about how to avoid burnout. So we're going to take a look back at that episode. Welcome to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. I'm your host, Marley Fragging, and I'm here to help you filter out all the bullshit and become the next It Girl. This podcast explores the reality of what it really takes to make it out there. As it turns out, it is way less Instagramable than I thought it was going to be. I'm still very much a work in progress, but there's simply nothing else I'd rather be doing than chasing my dreams. So let's learn from my mistakes and work together to achieve our dreams with more confidence, clarity, and direction. Let's get after it. Well, welcome, Sarah and Terry, the co-founders of Females Who Side Hustle and the co-hosts of Save Her Seat podcast. You guys are so wonderful. I'm so excited to be talking about entrepreneurship, solopreneurship space with you and your pod, your business. And you guys are really just so much about grinding and thriving in the digital space. You really motivate women to save a seat at the table. And I'm just so excited for you guys to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to chat with you. Okay, so you guys talk a lot to entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, which I love that term. And, you know, there's a lot of grind and hustle. And unfortunately, there can be burnout too. And there can be burnouts on both ends. But you're really helping women to chase after it. And I think we all know it's not as glamorous as we think. So to give us like context to your guys' life, can you tell us a little bit like what your guys' days look like? What your hustle looks like? And is that any different from when you guys were in your 20s? Mine is 100%. So for context, I'm 39 turning 40 this year. So, you know, my memory might not serve me correctly. But yeah, my life was very different. First and foremost, right now, I am a mom, I am a wife, and then I kind of come third in some aspects. And I just think the difference between, you know, then and now is that I just have like other people and other humans to look after. And that's a huge shift. It shifts your grind. It shifts your hustle. It shifts your perspective. It shifts a lot of different things. And I'm happy to be here. I love that I'm a wife. I love that I'm a mom. That's what I always wanted. But I think like balancing those out is much different. I feel like in your 20s, you have different balancing acts that you have to deal with. And yeah, so that's where I'm at. That's a little bit different. But day in a life for me is putting, you know, those people first. And then, yeah, being business owners with Sarah is honestly so much fun and fills a lot of different cups, which I'm sure we'll get into that analogy a little later. And so, yeah, just a lot of different things that no day really looks the same for me, which I think is really exciting, but can also lead to burnout. So again, we'll probably talk about that as well. 
Yeah. And I am on the other side where I am 29 turning 30. So I'm on my way out of my 20s. Terry and I are 10 years apart. And we speak about that a lot to our audience because we found like the reason we started Female Suicide Hustle was because between us, so a decade of generation that we both felt something was missing. Like there was a disconnect in, in communicating. There was a disconnect in feeling that spot for us at the table. So we were like, let's create it. And for me being on my later end of my 20s now. So looking maybe in my early 20s, the hustle is completely different. And we, part of Female Suicide Hustle is redefining that hustle and that it's not 24-7, 365 days a year. It is like entrepreneurship comes in waves and sometimes you've got to ride those waves out and it's not going to be a one singular stagnant line. You're going to have high times, busy times, and then lower times. But I think now I've got a better grasp on taking care of myself when in my early 20s, like I don't have kids to take care of of like Terry does. So I literally have to take care of myself and I wasn't doing that well. So looking at that and being like, what do I need to do for myself while still being able to take on all the opportunities I want? You want to say yes to everything, but that really doesn't do you as good a service as you think. So finding again, it's we kind of always say like it's a balance, it's a juggle. And it's not to say we haven't figured out. But we have a better grasp on when we're maybe losing or feeling not so centered in it. Yeah. Burnout is definitely something I think everyone can relate to. Burnout comes in so many different forms. You know, you can be burned out on just being, you know, hanging out with your family. You can be burned out in your career. You can be burned out with so many different directions. I mean, I have even gone through like a health burnout before. Like Mm -hmm. burnout is not only in your career, but what do you guys believe contributes to burning? If you are listeners of the podcast, you know, I have like a beef with society. I definitely think society is a major factor, like all good things, but sometimes all not. So like media, social media, like our school systems, extracurriculars, friends, family, like when you don't set boundaries with people that, you know, are close with, like all of those things combined, I think, you know, really can set you up to burnout fast. I just wish when I was younger, I knew what it looked like. I'm sure I went through it, but I didn't recognize what it was and what it did to me until what I think is later on in life. And so, yeah, like society and moving through those parts and then not recognizing it until like later on in life, I feel like that's when it could hit you harder, harder to define, harder to recognize all those things, right? So that would be my main thing. And I know that encompasses a lot. Like that's a huge umbrella, but I have a beef with society. So that's why. I think for me too, it's understanding what burnout looks like and how it shows up for you because it's not always like for me, sometimes it shows up physically, like I got physically sick and then sometimes I'm just irritable and I'm like, why am I in such a bad mood? Why am I not like wanting to engage in conversations and do these things? I'm so short fused kind of or not patient and I'm like, I'm burnt out. Like I need to take a step back. So I think it's understanding what it looks like for you and then understanding what like recharges you because again, like Terry said, there's so many things society tells us when Mm -hmm. I didn't know what refueled me. So I didn't know what to do to avoid burnout or get me out of a state of burnout until later in life now. So I think it's knowing how you kind of recharge your batteries is important. 
But I also think, Sarah, on that point, it changes all the time. Like what recharges you, changes you depending on, I guess, like what type of burnout you're feeling, if it is physical, if it is mental, if it is whatever. So I think just like being patient with yourself too and navigating and baby stepping it all the way through, like one, recognizing it, feeling your feels and then taking time to be like, okay, what do I need to do? And honestly, like I'm a huge advocate. Your body will tell you what you need. It will. It's meant to do that. That's why we're alive. If it didn't do that, we wouldn't be here. So I think those two are really like important things to recognize also. Has there been a time like recent far away or whatnot that you have noticed burnout in yourself and maybe you could have done a few things to kind of, I don't want to say push it off because that sounds like it's still going to catch up with you, but like prolong your state before the burnout. I think an example, I mean, I like love and hate this example, but it's something the whole world experienced. Really, the pandemic shifting back into like, quote unquote, normal. And I wasn't equipped to go back into in-person social settings, all the things that I used to do and the things that I got comfortable saying no to and that I realized didn't matter to me or where you thought you need to people please and you don't have to do that anymore. So that really was an eye opener for me as to, OK, now what matters? What can I handle? What? What is my best working hours? What is my most creative times? What is the things that are going to fuel my cup? And what are the things that I have to do that don't necessarily fill my cup, but I'm making sure I combat it with something that does. So yeah, I think I that think for shift, me, yeah, yeah, COVID 100%. Like earlier off air, you talked about Terry 2.0. So you obviously listened to the podcast. Terry 2.0 is living her best life right now, but it took a while for me to get there, which I think is fun to recognize too, because that's part of life and growing and shifting and changing. But to answer your question, I think most recently for me has been or like the phase of burnout that I'm feeling currently is like financial security. So recently, just near the end of COVID, I left my corporate job and I'm navigating being a freelancer and sort of and like our own business and like really trying to ramp that up to like make up for the finances that I left. And I'm happy to have left them, but it shifted my mind. And so I feel like I'm getting a little bit more not burnt out, but putting like stress on me, which leads to burnout out essentially. So I'm just like baby stepping and like navigating and knowing and recognizing like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm not going to buy that because, you know, a year ago I would buy anything. I wouldn't care because I had all the money coming in and everything was fine. And now it's a little bit different. So I think because I went through burnout in so many different ways and aspects, I am actually able to realize right now that I'm treading water, should we say, in that department. Like I'm trying not to get burnt out in my mind about, you know, where the finances are going to come from. Do you feel like there's something you're doing that is keeping you treading water, like being mindful of the spending or whatnot? Yeah, I think it's just that being mindful and like, again, listening to my body, I'm so much more in tune with my body than I ever was. And so I'm just, okay, I like, like Sarah said, like, why do I feel irritable today? And I like literally like will sit down and not do something until I figure it out. And it makes me feel so much better. And so I think that's really what it is, is listening to my body, taking the time to, which is actually very hard, like very hard. And you know what? It's very uncomfortable. But I think during my transition into Terry 2.0, I I was very uncomfortable with the growth process that I was going through that now I feel more grounded that it's like less uncomfortable, but still uncomfortable. So like that's something to recognize too. It's not easy to feel your feels. It's not easy to, you know, maybe you're in denial. It's going to catch up to you. Please don't be in denial about it. You know, like try to navigate it. Burnout is like the worst because that will only make the burnout, I feel like longer, harder, deeper, more emotional. It just sends you so through it if you deny, deny. 
deny, deny. It, it is better to accept, be uncomfortable. Feel your feels. Yeah. Be Just uncomfortable. do it. And I think the uncomfortableness is actually like a sign that the way you're living is not uh, sustainable at this current moment. So something needs to change. Yeah. Again, so, that's listening to your body. That's what your body does for you. Yes. Yeah. It's like so internal, but like sometimes I think we like turn off our, you know, pulse meter. radar. Yeah. Yeah. Because like we're so stuck in what we talked about earlier, the societal idea that I feel like a lot of people in their early careers feel like this is the time to hustle. This I have to like yeah. I'm setting my building blocks and there's just so yeah. much stress in that that we stop listening to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And also, so, I don't think we're given the tools. No, when we're not given the tools when we're younger, like me being a parent right now, I am like, okay, what is your body telling you? My kids, sorry, this is just a quick story, but my kids, I'm always like, if they say if they have a stomach ache and I go through the list, I'm like, okay, do you feel like you're going to throw up? Do you have to poop? Like, (laughs) Are you hungry? What is it? I'm trying to get them to be in tune with their body to figure out what it is that I'm just not like, oh, well, you're hungry and I'm brushing off a stomach ache or something. Right. So we're not given those tools. So like, I wish that could change somehow. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. Even just like the language, like sometimes going back to the kid analogy kind of a little bit, like when you get a pain, sometimes like in your knee, I can't describe it. I know. I don't know what that is. It's uncomfortable. And, you know, I'll be like, it's sharp, but it's throbbing. But it's like, what is the word? Like we don't even talk enough about the language to describe. I agree. Deep feelings. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's so many times too, I can think about growing up, oh, my stomach hurts. Or I'm like, no, you have anxiety. Recognize that it's okay. And like, how do you handle that? So yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, the tools and to be able to work on those tools is something we need to always kind of evolve with. Mm-hmm. So you guys talk to a lot of entrepreneurs as guests. You are co-founders, creators, podcast hosters. You guys do a lot. And on top of it, you have a community. And there's some women, correct? Women. Like, yeah. is there something that kind of gets brought up time and time again that they say could be leading to their burnout? Like, is there any common Line. Yeah, I can think of two which like really resonate with me as well. I think one of them being a multi-passionate person. It's very hard to navigate. Like you want to do all the things. You have lots of loves. You have lots of interests. You have lots of passion for things in life. But like, when do you do those things? Because most times it's not possible to do all the things all the time. So, you know, trying to navigate when that is like when to go out, when to rest, when to quote unquote hustle, because we don't overly like the hustle culture, but we understand there's times where you have to hustle to get through that period or that time in your life. And then I think the other thing which we speak a lot about in a positive aspect, but I think it could turn into not a negative aspect, but into a burnout type of situation is having our different cups to fill. So our analogy is like throughout the day, I have like a coffee cup, then I have a tea cup and I have a water cup and I have a wine cup or whatever, martini something. And we want to fill those, right? Because like, that's why we have side hustles. That's why people do that is because my corporate job doesn't necessarily fulfill my creative cup. Okay, that's why I have a side hustle and I have my social media management company on the side, whatever it is. Is. But I do feel like sometimes that can lead to burnout. Like that's a common thread, like those two things combined of being a multi-passionate and then recognizing that we have these different cups to fill. That's very overwhelming. How do I do it? When do I do it? Why am I doing it? You know, who is it affecting in my life? All of those things. I would say those would be two things that we have heard. Again, positive things. It's really cool to have multiple loves and multiple cups to fill. But yeah, managing them is a little hard. 
Yeah. One or two that come to mind for me is that when you are an entrepreneur or a solopreneur and you're in it and you're growing and you're scaling or you want to scale, but you don't know how, you don't know what that next step is, or you don't know how to give up any control or like ask for help, bring on other people, outsource that people find really daunting and overwhelming because how do you hire? How do I bring someone on? How do I afford to pay someone? Or do I have to put the money out for more money to come back in like there's a lot of questions and there's not necessarily that roadmap to follow that says like yes do this and you're going to get this like there's a lot of risk involved so that unknown piece I think where people get stopped at outsourcing so they could just keep taking on and on and on and then to go hand in hand with that you're wearing a lot of different hats as an entrepreneur you're wearing all the hats like you are the creative director you are the financial side of things you're the administration like you are everything so I think especially in the early stages that can lead to burnout because you necessarily didn't get into business because you love finances, but you have to do the finances. So that can contribute for sure. Yeah. I love how you guys talked about that scaling can also be burnout because I think sometimes people associate burnout with like code red face, I'm going to quit. But I also think there's a burnout when you're ready to level up and that can be very scary. How in the quitting scenario, like do you push off the fear of burnout that leads to quitting. Yeah, I think like it's hard because I feel like burnout looks so different to so many people. And so if for some reason you're headed down the line of like, I don't know what this is. I haven't recognized it's burnout or maybe I have recognized it's burnout and I'm getting to the point where I think I need to quit. Let's just say it's a business, something you tried, your side hustle, whatever it is. I actually don't think it's a bad thing to get there. Like if you're analyzing it and you're trying to piece it together and that's still the road that you're on and where you're going down, then maybe it is something that you tried and it didn't work. Like again, go back to society, you know, failure, quitting, that's another one, giving up is so bad. Like it's like, oh, she she just gave up. You know, she failed at whatever, she quit, you know? Yeah, maybe I did because maybe this isn't the path I need to go. Maybe, you know, my end goals weren't realistic. Maybe, you know, what I foresee making financially just didn't work because of the climate that I'm in or whatever it is. So I don't think that if you happen to go down that road and you are feeling because I haven't been there, but I could imagine how scary it would feel. So it would feel like that, like code red, like what the actual F is happening. But if you are still going down that road and you're recognizing and you're owning it, I just don't think it's a bad thing. I have had failed businesses, but it wasn't at a point where like I was super burnt out and I was just like, you know, kind of squirrely about it. I was just like, I recognized I was like, well, okay, these workshops aren't going to work out. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I learned so many things from them. So another part of that would be just to figure out why you're at that point, own that you were at that point, and then moving forward, look at all the positives because anything you do in life has a positive to it. And those things are going to really exponentially put you in another direction that you're probably meant to be in, I think. And any entrepreneur or business owner that we've really talked to who have hit that success or that mark of success for themselves, they have had likely one or more failed quote unquote businesses. Yeah, You always hear it like failure is learning. Like we really need to change that narrative around. But I think if you are going down that path, what I would say is like you always see that quote, it's like rest, don't quit. 
it is okay to take a step back and to take time to readjust and think about maybe why you started, what you loved, what sparked you at the beginning and get back to that kind of your roots of it all because you can get very engulfed in the process and things that you don't love about business. So it's okay. I think business owners think, you know, I have to be on every single day. I have to be doing all the things when you can take a step back. Your business will still be there or you can assess if you take a step back. And then sometimes it's not necessarily a quit. It's a pivot. See how you can adjust. You know, maybe it's something different. Maybe you were going down one path and then it really opened an opportunity or your ideas shifted. And now you can take all of that that you were learning and put it towards a different route. Mm -hmm. So like, just don't look at it as quitting and don't look at as quitting and failure as anything, but something to take and prepare you into your next phase. And what about the flip side? If you are facing this feeling and it's because things are going so well that now it's almost like you're an octopus and you are like having to give away a tentacle to someone. How do you manage that like overwhelm and burnout? Yeah, I think for that one is definitely protect yourself, like keep your business in check, keep your contracts, things when you are outsourcing, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Be very aware of like your ownership in your business. But I think also don't be afraid to try things and try things in trial. If you are wanting to source something out or outsource or contract something out, do it on a short-term basis, do it on a two, three-month contract and then assess. I think be very open communication with who you hire. We've talked with a couple of people who have scaled and looked to hire in their business. And I think it's much more valuable to hire people that are not necessarily similar to you, but who you would want to be around. And then you can teach the things you might need to teach and them to do. Whereas it's great to have experts in, but if you don't flow and jive with that person or you don't align on core values, it's not going to be an enjoyable partnership. So I think be very picky about who you have around you in your business for the reasons that they align with you and your business. And you can learn as you go in certain ways. Yeah. And I definitely, which is very surprised I haven't brought up yet, is like that trusting your gut factor. Like I think whether you're, again, going along the road or down the road of like quitting, pivoting, whatever it is, reevaluating, or you're like growing and you're giving her and it's happening. Again, your body's still going to tell you what might not be going right, what might need to change. And so, yeah, definitely listening to your gut on either side of that coin, I think is very beneficial. I think everyone, but it comes with practice, right? got to kind of listen to her. You got to figure out what those signs and symptoms are. But yeah, for sure, it's going to be overwhelming. And Sarah and I talk a lot about it. Like we kind of said earlier, it's like a wave, right? So there's going to be actually times you're hoping that you are going to grow really fast and then you're going to plateau and then you're going to be like, oh, wow, like this quarter was not going the way I thought it was going to go. And just kind of like riding those waves, like regardless of what they are and listening to your gut and yeah, just doing and actually just like having a lot of like grace with yourself. We've tried to hire in our business before and we are like, oh gosh, this is amazing. And then it turned out like we actually weren't really great at sort of articulating what we needed. And we're still really great friends with the two girls that we attempted to do that with. But then we had to have the hard conversation like, you know, we're just not seeing it aligned, but like you're literally on the top of our list when we can get our shit together. Like, you know what I mean? So like having real conversations like that are really like you can't ask for much more when it comes to those things. Yeah. Speaking of real and authentic like conversation, you know, I think there's this idea on social media of what entrepreneurship can look like. It looks like, you know, waking up and 
you know, having it all together, there's so much of not the wave that we were just talking about shown. And on top of that, we have this like idea that because we see someone's 30 second TikTok or Instagram reel, that's also the pace it's going to go at. But what is the reality of really being an entrepreneur or solopreneur, freelancer or brand? Yeah, I think the reality is is that it's not a highlight reel. It will never be one if you are still in the mind frame that it is one. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but it's definitely not. That's the power of social media, which you can leverage in your business and use to your advantage. But like you always have to like come back to reality about it. I think one way to kind of like counteract that ish would be like to do like self check-ins, right? Like figure out like you, that's the most important in this world. I think whether we're talking about someone in a climbing the corporate ladder path or someone in business, it, it really applies to everybody. I think it's you determine when you need to have these check-ins. Is it quarterly because you're in a wave and you're hustling and you are growing super fast? Or is it every six months? Cause you're just like, you know, kind of mediocrely kind of going through, which is totally fine. I think that really Really, really can be the game changer. You know, are you happy? Are you following your dreams? Recently in the Terry 2.0 stage, I literally realized the last 15 years of my life was not somebody else's dream. Like it wasn't like my parents or my sibling or my friends or my husband telling me like, you should do this. It was kind of everybody I worked and surrounded myself with in that corporate culture. Like, wow, you'd be really good at this. And I was like, oh, well, I'll do that then. Terry didn't want to do any of those things, right? So I should have had those check-ins with myself. I didn't have that. I have them now. I've got my boundaries. I got everything kind of like set up for this point in my life. So yeah, I think it's just one of those things. Like you have to figure out an analogy that works for you through life for burnout and to avoid it. Again, we've talked about the wave works for us. That's what we envision. I've heard other people do like a forest. And so like when the forest, when you're walking through like nature, and this one should resonate with me as well, because I freaking love nature. But like you're walking through like a forest and it's really like dense and like you got to like climb over things or whatever. And then sometimes you get to like a mountaintop or you get to like an opening where there's no brush and things you have to avoid and your path is really smooth and you're enjoying everything. So if you can find that analogy that works for you, I think that you can help yourself not get to those points or navigate them a little bit better, understand that there's going to be different highs and lows. But I think there's a difference in comparing yourself and getting down on yourself because you're not where you want to be or you see someone else and surrounding yourself with people who are there because I think it's really important to surround yourself people (laughs) of where you want to be. Like if you want to level up, you need to be around people who have leveled up and don't compare yourself to that, but use that as encouragement. And then also know that anyone you see who has hit it and has that like overnight success, like nine times out of 10, bless that one out of 10 that literally happened overnight, but it's been years in the making. Like play the long game. It is entrepreneurship is not a short game. So you need to be patient and you need to be investing in yourself and your time into that. So I think don't get tricked by a highlight reel. There's a lot that goes into that. I love it. And I totally agree. It becomes a marathon. It is not a sprint, even though social media tells us sometimes that, you know, it should look like this instantly. We should not judge ourselves so harshly against that. Yeah. So if you guys wouldn't mind telling everybody where they could find you about your podcast and all the things, say per se and females who side hustle. 
Yes. So you can find us at Females Who Side Hustle on Instagram. We have our podcast at Save Her Seat. If you go to one or the other, you'll be directed either way. Yeah. And, but we have our website as well that is new. We've got a little refresh going on. So we have femalesuicidehustle.com that you can go on to. You can join our directory there. So you can literally surround yourself with like-minded, motivated entrepreneurs across many different industries. Our kind of thing is that we want to be able to say we've got a gal for that across industries and be able to refer and make connections. So if that is something you are wanting, you're wanting to promote yourself and your business and meet with others in real life and online now, that is a great place to start. And yeah, I think that's everywhere. Personally, Sarah? Personally, you can chat with us on Instagram. I am by Sarah Singleton. Yeah. And I'm at Terry.can on Instagram, but I'm living over on TikTok. So you can find me there, which is at Terry underscore can. And I think Sarah said it, but I'm not 100% sure. You can find our podcast on any listening platform that you're listening to your podcasts. Guys, thank you so much, Terry and Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank oh, thank you, you so much for having us. us. It's a great conversation. This is awesome. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. As always, we'll see you next Tuesday.